Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You're not alone in having a hard time understanding nutrition labels. All too often, we pick one item over another because of health claims. However, some of these are misleading and it's difficult to understand healthy options without a thorough inspection of ingredients. Just remember that ingredients are pretty much always listed by quantity from highest to the lowest amount. And this means that the first is what the manufacturer has used the most of. So a good rule of thumb is to scan the first three and they make up the larger part of what you're eating. One such item that you don't really need to worry about is Yo Valley's super thick kerned natural yogurt. It's got no added ingredients, no added sugar, just creamy yogurt strained up to nine times, resulting in a rich and velvety smooth yogurt. To find out more, you can head over to yovalley.co.uk and find it in your local supermarket. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to Food for Thought, a podcast on a mission to equip you all with the evidence-based advice you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, registered nutritionist, best-selling author of Renourish, a simple way to eat well, and founder of Retrition, London's leading private nutrition clinic. In each episode, I'm so lucky to be joined by special guests, all of whom can be considered authoritative voices in health, so that together we can learn fact from fiction and empower the healthiest and happiest versions of ourselves with the trusted expert advice. In the last 15 years, production of clothing has doubled and at the same time, the number of times something is worn has halved. Now that means that over 11 million garments are sent to landfill every week in the UK alone. Ultimately, the novelty that fashion promises is causing irreversible harm to both planet and people. This week's Food for Thought sees presenter and climate activist Venetia Lamana join me to discuss why it's time for the wasteful fashion industry to clean up its act. Hello, Venetia. Hello, Rhiannon. I think today's episode has been so overdue and I know I've been wanting to record it with you for so long. I think in a way, if we kick off by discussing the fact that fashion's wastefulness, I mean, it is almost on a par with single-use plastic, really, if we're looking at the impact that it has. Yeah, it is. It's a hugely, not only wasteful industry, um, but also polluting industry. Um, it's actually, if you're kind of looking to get into sustainability and thinking about the planet, um, fashion's a really good way to think about it because it's a very accessible way of thinking how a piece of clothing 
um, goes from the earth ultimately when you when you grow grow a crop so something like cotton it comes from the earth and then it's picked and sewn and cut and all of these different things all these different processes which make up the supply chain before it's packed and delivered and lands on your doorstep or lands in the shop for you to to buy um but yeah that it's it, it's it's got a huge uh carbon footprint the, the fashion industry it's supposed to be one of the kind of top two or three polluting industries mm. um and yeah in terms of waste it's it's incredibly wasteful um we live in a time where fashion's thought of as um something disposable fashion is incredibly cheap now in a lot of places and because it's so cheap we often feel like it doesn't hold much significance so we send a lot of clothes to landfill and a lot of clothing is incinerated and all this at the same time what's really really important to bear in mind is that someone somewhere is paying the people who are making our clothes are so often not paid a living wage and 80 percent of them are female so when we think about women's rights and being feminists we have to think about that with our clothing because we want to support all women right and we Mm. want to support the women who are making our clothes goodness i I mean so, so many connections to what you've just said there in terms of what I've done in my previous life, I'm thinking when I was at university and um, I used to shop at these certain websites where clothing was so cheap and I never made I never made a connection that it came from the earth. I would I never even thought of the fact it impacted the environment and I definitely probably well I know I didn't. I didn't think about the chain of people and somebody somewhere that was involved with the process of making those clothes and I I think what you're doing on social media at the moment is fabulous and you've recently raised awareness with all the you know charity campaigns you, you've been at the forefront of claims suggesting that the brands behind them are just you know greenwashing customers could could you delve into that for us a little bit yeah absolutely um greenwashing is something that we see a lot in fashion especially at the moment it comes from the term whitewashing which is basically when white people um, kind of whitewash industries like the film industries take over in lots of different ways. And um, often it's involved in like cultural appropriation. So when we as white people kind of commodify certain parts of um, BIPOC cultures, make them our own, make them trendy and don't give credit where credit's due. Uh, It's also Mm -hmm. kind of like a marketing ploy. And it's the same with um, greenwashing companies are often kind of telling us or trying to tell us that they're doing something good when they're really not um you see this a lot recently with kind of um plastic water bottle companies telling us that everything is okay because their bottles are made from recycled plastic when really a good alternative to plastic water bottles if we're in a position to do so like you know in the global north like we are and here in uh, the uk is just refill a water bottle right it's like a much more Mm. eco-friendly way of doing it so with fashion we see fashion brands greenwash um, in lots of different ways. And I, yeah, I, I've I've taken to social media to call them out on it because um, I have a platform and I want to use it and I'm kind of tired of the nonsense. So um, brands like H&M and Zara have uh, kind of conscious collections. So they'll bring out um, a small range of clothes that are made from um, various things like orange juice pulp and unicorn tears or whatever it is 
Um, and they they tell us that that's good. And I'm, I'm not going to deny that and say oh, it's bad. It is good. We should be using uh, natural fibers when we make clothes. But the problem with certain fashion brands is that, sure, they're using a kind of planet friendly uh planet friendly dyes and materials but what about the the people making their clothes and also the sheer amount of clothing that they're making doesn't make up for the good that they're doing i think the good that they're doing counts for about 0.02 percent of their entire business a brand like h&m so it is a drop in the ocean for want of a better phrase um and yeah i mean Recently, we've seen a lot of charity and slogan T-shirts um, mm. during the pandemic, and this is this is very much a kind of uh, nuanced debate. And I I take quite a hard stance on it, but I I also really appreciate that we have to look at both sides. So, on the one hand, um, if we buy a, a slogan T-shirt that goes towards supporting for example the nhs that's a good thing because the nhs right now really needs our money and they need support and frontline workers need all the support that they can get we need to keep everyone healthy but the reason why i've kind of found that so frustrating in the first place is because the nhs isn't a charity so this is about a wider issue right like Mm. we need our government to give frontline workers and the nhs the adequate support so we don't need to be funding them ourselves so that's kind of my initial frustration and then during a pandemic, we if we're making T-shirts, we have to be asking the questions: Who is making the, who's making those T-shirts? Are they safe in their factories? Are they social distancing? Do they have all the right PPE? And the same applies for the people packing those T-shirts and delivering those T-shirts. Right. So we've got to think about all of those people in that supply chain because if we're only thinking about the money that where our money is going that might be going towards the NHS, but then what about all the people who are potentially going to be harmed by the work that they're doing, which will mean that they need extra health support, you see? So it's kind of like a this vicious circle where although we're doing one good thing, we're not thinking about the big picture. And I think that's something really important to bear in mind. If you are going to buy a charity t-shirt, my advice would be, can you is it a t-shirt that you're going to want to wear for life because the most sustainable clothes in our wardrobes are the ones we already own and mm-hmm. if we have t-shirts that we want to wear for life they're going to automatically kind of be have a lower carbon footprint because we're going to be having them forever and loving them forever and valuing them forever and the second thing i would say is could you possibly instead donate to the cause directly and upcycle mm-hmm. a t-shirt you already have that way you're doing something really good and you're also kind of making the most of something that you already have in your wardrobe but i mean it's a huge huge kind of yeah nuanced nuanced debate and conversation well, where on earth do you start? Because like you said, there's so many people involved in this chain, if we call it a chain reaction of from the people producing it to the materials used, where they're sourced from, like you said, the money could go directly to the charity rather than the purchase of a t-shirt. And if you're also looking at the fact you mentioned at the beginning with major retailers, I mean, we're talking millions and millions of pounds worth of orders um, happening here. So surely that there, there is money within these companies to be to be making changes. And of course, now the high street has closed as well and that everything's moved online. Surely that perhaps has impacted something a lot along that chain as well. Yeah, so and, and this is this is something that I've, I've really come up against. I mean, firstly, let's just talk about how um, 
how much money there is in the global apparel market. It's valued at $3 trillion. So it's it's absolutely mammoth. And of course, like it's easy for, for someone to say, let's boycott the industry for their unethical practices. But then equally, we want to support the people making our clothes. And we want this to be a we want this to be a good ethical uh industry that's what we all want but again we have to really bear in mind there is this huge disparity um and a massive wealth gap someone let's talk about philip green philip green runs arcadia arcadia is made up of a few fashion brands including topshop and miss selfridge philip green is a billionaire he has so much money he's also probably i think he's a tax evader i think it'd be fair to say that uh he's always just kind of on his private jets living this ridiculous lifestyle that most of us would only be able to dream about Mm -hmm. and yet he's asking for a bailout for the government from the government at the moment he's asking for he asked for his staff staff to be furloughed which is absolutely wild a billionaire is asking for money from the government and at the same time we have brands uh, at the moment who are refusing to pay up for work that has already been completed. So work that uh, garment workers did before the pandemic and at the beginning of the pandemic, fashion brands are refusing to pay for that work. So brands like Urban Outfitters, brands like Free People, which I know is the most confusing name in the entire world for a brand. You would think that that would be an ethical brand. Uh, Actually, Primark is another one. Um, They had a big, I thought they were actually paying up, but it turns out they're not. A really good resource for all of of this that I'm talking about right now is um, Remake Our World on Instagram or just Remake. If you type Remake into your search engine, you'll find them. Um, So yeah, it's just, and this is kind of what I mean about when we're thinking about this system change that we're all talking about at the moment um and this kind of capitalist system that clearly isn't working right now when you look at the this kind of huge wealth gap between the billionaires who run the fast fashion brands and then the people at the bottom of the chain who are not even close to making a living wage they are they barely make uh i think it's i think it's something like i think it might be 70 dollars a month but i'll have to check that um Mm. There's just this huge, huge discrepancy. And I, yeah, when you look into it, it's kind of upsetting. It's really upsetting. And I can't pretend to know anything about this area, obviously being a nutritionist, but wanting to learn more about the world and the way it affects the planet. Technically, it does link back to my profession too, because we're talking about the planet just as much as everything else you've just mentioned. And the government does need to take an interest in this as you've quite rightly said, everything you've said and that resource that you've um, mentioned, thank you. I'd, I'd encourage everybody to go and have a look because I read that to make, so this is quite shocking, to make just a single t-shirt, it can take 594 gallons of water. I mean, I mean that's as much as one person would drink in two and a half years, Venetia. So it is affecting the planet, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It does have a it does have a huge environmental impact. And just sorry, just quickly, well, like if I because I just want to give you a reference yeah. um, for the amount of money uh, a garment worker would make. It, they can earn as little as twenty one dollars a month. Mm. So when you think about a billionaire like Philip Green, and then mm. you've got perhaps some of his garment workers earning twenty one dollars a month, that kind of really puts into into it into perspective. Um, 
And in terms of environmental footprint, absolutely. I think it's really, I think actually when we talk about um, the climate crisis, we immediately go to uh, things like oil and uh, aviation um, and definitely food. I think especially on your podcast, you know, Mm. food does come up a lot, but fashion is hugely polluting and it does have a huge, huge, um, huge impact. And what's so kind of distressing is, for so much of that impact that we're having with when we when we buy clothes, um, so many of those clothes don't even get bought or worn. They just end up as landfill, um, and that's that's kind of what makes it so frustrating. I think it needs to. It'll be it'll be what would be really great to see in the future is if we took a kind of more circular and zero waste approach to it, which is happening through various mm-hmm. forms of innovation. Can we create an industry? Where we, I mean, I, I talk to kind of sustainable and ethical small designers and I say, how do you not create any waste, especially if you're really inclusive and you cater for lots of different sizes? And they just say, well, we make what we, what we, what we get orders for, right? And I think that's kind of the problem. We're so used to walking into shops and seeing rails and rails of the same piece. What happens, we've all seen it, those rails, especially during the sales, right? Rails of all these clothes. What happens to those clothes when they're not? Like a one pound bikini and things that have been selling. I mean, yeah, where do they all go? Exactly. Yes, the, yes, that one pound bikini was was distressful. That's another, that's another topic. Finishing your line of thought, first of all. Um, I, th- I, I just think, yeah, I think the, the issue, I think one of the main issues and one of the reasons why it's got such a huge, huge impact is, um, the sheer scale of the model. Um, just for some resources, if someone's new to this and they're listening to me now thinking, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming and so much to take in a really good way to a really kind of good access point to learning about fashion is the true cost documentary, which is on Netflix. And that will kind of give you a really, a better idea of like the time um when this all changed and when it all got out of hand because my parents didn't grow up with this approach to fashion this kind of disposability Mm -hmm. that we have now and it didn't have the footprint um then than it did now so that would be my kind of go to um entry point into learning about this yeah that documentary on Netflix great because it does feel like like you said our parents didn't have that approach that in a very short space of time an industry has expanded and ballooned to a a place where there was really no going back and I think that does lead us quite nicely on to the one pound bikini um thing that did spark a lot of controversy and I think you were the one that brought my attention to it in the first place yes so I think this must have been last summer um uh yeah miss Mm. misguided (laughs) misguided released um a bikini that was one pound that costs one pound and you know as a consumer especially you know if you're on a budget and you're going on holiday and you want to you know flaunt your good stuff on the beach and all that wonderful (laughs) stuff um a one pound bikini sounds really appealing right but that is so little money um and it's such a disposable amount of that's that's less than the price of a coffee that's less than I mean it's it's throwaway almost um, for a lot of us. And not only was this bikini super cheap that it raised the really important question of how much your work is being paid, it was also made of 
poly poly materials so a lot of clothing especially from um fast fashion brands is made from various different polyesters this is really easy to find if you just look under if you're wearing a t-shirt right now or a hoodie or a jumper just have a look at the kind of left hand side little label you'll have your washing instructions there and you'll also find out what your t-shirt or what your clothes are made from and we do need to be wary of these poly materials um because ultimately poly is plastic so if we're conscious of i don't know um you know being good with uh reusables whether it's uh, reusable water bottles coffee cups keep cups all of that stuff let's really think about our clothes because they are just as polluting and yeah that that bikini was made of just brand new plastic um and it just felt it just felt tone deaf to be honest uh mm. last summer when we were you know it, last year the, the the climate conversation was really well, just with everything that was happening with extinction rebellion and greta thunberg like the conversation was really yeah. at the forefront so it just felt felt so tone deaf for for them to be um for them to be bringing that bikini out and did they listen to you because i think you did get a lot of attention or traction when you spoke up about this issue at the time was was it taken note of yeah, it's funny when you put two coconut shells over um, your <laughs> your chest region, um, how that can spark some interest. No, um, I have had, it, it's been really interesting, uh, the kind of response I've had from various different brands. Misguided actually just completely ignored me for that bikini, but, but I've, I've got a lot of experience of calling brands out. So Misguided completely ignore me, H&M completely completely ignored me Zara have completely ignored me I did have some back and forth within the style um on a few different occasions they are another fast fashion brand UK based um they ended up blocking me which um was annoying to be honest because we were having some back and forth um and I I really appreciate when a brand gets in touch with me so pretty little thing uh did get in touch with me when I called them out for some something that they did I I lose track of it all to be honest Um, and I did actually have a meeting with the with the CEO and uh, although I really don't agree with their business model and um, a a lot of a lot of what they do really uh, a lot of what they do to be honest I was really grateful to be in that room and having that conversation with him because Mm -hmm. I thought okay you're actually you actually maybe do care and you actually are willing to make change so um, I that's kind of and that's what should I actually be surprised if like what the actually the surprising thing should be when brands ignore us that should be the surprising thing as consumers because if we I don't know if if the if if you're listening to this but think about the if you have any small brands that you support whether that's small food brands whether that's small um uh ethical fashion brands you Mm. do want that connection with them you want that kind of customer service with them and that's and so when a brand doesn't get back to us when we call them out for something that's you know not only bad for people but also bad for planet what mm. are they doing like what yeah. are they doing they support the consumers always right aren't you that's that's the thing that you should be taught exactly 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 and it's just yeah it's just it's just distressing like the, so much of of the industry the fashion industry is incredibly important i think for a lot of reasons and i'm have been a back and forth with a, with a lot of kind of my feelings about it I don't think it's about boycotting it I think it's just about really really changing it um innovate and change with the exactly and even when you mentioned plastic being poly you know the word poly 
uh, we had um, on our plastic episode um, devoted to the subject, the fact that a lot of clothing, because it's got plastic pieces in it, that's what ends up in the ocean as well. It's all a vicious cycle, as you rightly said at the beginning. Exactly, exactly. So how can we, and I think it's it's really wonderful to see lots of brands creating clothing from waste, but how can we change the business model? How can we change our habits in order for those in order for that not to happen just to kind of give you some stats because I feel like you're a stats girl oh, send them my way I love it go for it I will do um this is a this is a stat from rap UK there's an estimated 30 billion pounds worth of clothes that have never been worn that are just hanging in our wardrobes oh. and then there's another stat from waste association which is 10,000 items of clothing are sent to landfill every five minutes which is no. the equivalent to 140 million pounds every single year so that's another th- important thing to think about right like that's think if, if, if you don't feel motivated by some of the things that I've spoken about um, think about the money that you might save if you're wearing what you already have mm. and and that kind of thing I think it's an important thing to bear in mind Oh, I, it's it's astounding the numbers when you say it like that it really does hit home and it's made me think as well in this current situation perhaps one positive to come out of lockdown and um, as the time we're recording this episode for anyone listening is during the pandemic covid uh, coronavirus and everybody's at home so a lot of people are just recycling their wardrobes they're not really going out and buying new clothes I think I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are online shopping but I for one haven't bought a thing um it's been a very interesting time and perhaps we've been shown, well, we've, we've had a chance to see that we don't need, we don't need all of this extra, all these extra things. We, we need to live more sustainably. And there's a lot of confusion anyway around the materials that, that clothes are made of. So what would you say, Venetia, for people wanting to know are the best sustainable options? Because jeans are bad, aren't they? For instance, people say. Yeah, we do have to, denim is a very, very, it's cotton and it's very, very thirsty. It requires a lot of water. Um, There are lots of uh, kind of sustainable denim brands out there, but I would just say there's incredible vintage denim uh, available Mm -hmm. too. So something that it's really important for me to acknowledge is I have various levels of privilege when it comes to sustainable fashion and my various layers of privilege allow me to shop in a certain way that aligns with my ethics. And, you know, I'm of, uh, I'm straight sized and I live in London. I'm in, I'm in kind of, um, I have good charity shops and vintage shops uh, near to me and although I loved uh, kind of charity shopping I, I love charity shopping but I don't have to I don't I, I used to do it as a student out of necessity I don't have to do that anymore I do it now mm-hmm. because it's uh, it's a way for me to kind of shop that aligns better with my ethics um, but I think I think when we when we start thinking about sustainable fashion I think it's very easy for us and I've made the, this mistake in the past too to think okay I have to buy my way to a sustainable wardrobe and actually that's the last thing that we should be doing um, if you are someone who kind of wanted to look into more kind of being more zero waste in your kitchen we think it's the same with that right like you think you have to buy lots of beautiful Pinterest looking jars to fit your zero waste goodies inside actually like no the the key is actually to buy less and to have mm. less. So my kind of key pieces of advice, if that's what you're asking, is that kind of yeah, what you're asking? That is definitely. Um, my key pieces of advice are make the most of what you already have. So do, go Marie Kondo on your wardrobe, mm. um, go through it all, organize it, and actually see what you have 
in it because so many so often we have clothes in our wardrobes that we forget we have I put away my summer wardrobe in the winter and then I get them out around this time every year and I feel like I have a whole new wardrobe of clothes that's kind Mm -hmm. of something that I do but organize your wardrobe in such a way that you actually know what you have in it and then when you feel like you need something new could you swap with a friend could you swap with a family member could you potentially just in, invest in something that is already in existence so that is things like car boot sales vintage shops and charity stores but it's also making the most of online there is a blossoming second-hand um industry online with sites like depop and ebay yeah great yeah depop uh, depop's great it's a really good way of finding um uh Pre, pre-loved clothes but also kind of um, online vintage sellers if you're someone who is not straight sized I'd really recommend eBay because they have really good filters on there and you can also filter for fabrics which I think is really really mm. useful and then I also love um, shops like Bestia Collective I'm also really really I really enjoy uh, renting clothes I don't know if you've tried this Ray. have you tried renting I loved yes yeah, so I've tried um I think it's Higher Street and the one I, I, I heard from you, I saw you advertising, is it Her? H-E-R? Yeah. Yeah. And that was amazing. I got the most beautiful dress that I could hire for an event and then returned, which was great. That's so good. Yeah, there's so many rental websites, which are just incredible. They basically, it's kind of like Airbnb for your clothes. So yeah, there's Her, there's By Rotation, there's On Loan, there's New Wardrobe. There are so many. So I, I find them they're they're really good for kind of your one-off pieces for like weddings events um you know red carpets if you're someone who attends premieres um all of that stuff we can all be glammed up every night at a premiere (laughs) exactly exactly Um, and then I think it's I do think it's really it's a really I, I personally love supporting small ethical brands. I like to feel that I know the people that I'm supporting when I'm buying something. And I also kind of like to, I don't know, feel like I'm investing in a good ethical company that's supporting people. Um, and there are so many small, sustainable, ethical brands out there Um once you start looking, you won't be able to stop. Uh, I get a lot of questions about whether or not a brand is sustainable. And it's kind of, it just takes a little bit of research, to be honest. It's not, there's not really a blanket statement um, that applies to brands. People often reference an app called Good On You, um, but I'm not entirely 100% keen on them because they, I don't, I, I, they still call a lot of fast fashion brands ethical when they're not. There's so much to think about when you support when you when you buy new clothes I guess my main piece of advice if you're someone who doesn't kind of have the time and, and that kind of thing to look into sustainable runs is to just buy what you love yeah number one piece of advice only buy the clothes that make your heart sing and make you want to take the clothes that you're already wearing off to put on those clothes I mean, that's such a lovely way of looking at it because it's very, very overwhelming for everybody. And like you said, a lot of research needs to be done. But even the basic tips you gave, like sorting out your wardrobe so you can see what you've got, because we are in a position, I mean, most people listen to this podcast, I'm sure, not everybody, but will be in a privileged situation where they probably do have a wardrobe 
that could do with a bit of a makeover, you know, that could do with cleaning out. Does this still fit? Am I going to get wear out of this? Can I recycle this? Can I adapt it? You know, like you said, getting savvy with your wardrobe can save you purchasing more unnecessary things. And on a whole, if we are talking about carbon footprints, I mean, there was a study that we looked at, the nutrition team, before you came on this podcast that said using clothes for nine months longer can reduce an individual's carbon footprint for the garment by 30%. Now, is the fashion industry getting better when it comes to acknowledging the environment, like we've said before? Is there anything they can do to be more sustainable? Yes, I think they are. I think they I do think they really are. I do I feel as though the conversation around the climate crisis and sustainability in general is at the forefront of the fashion agenda. Um especially less so with the online brands I'm finding, you know, the kind of online empires um like pretty little thing uh all of those. I think it's kind of less at the forefront of their agenda, but definitely with the high street I think it's very much on the agenda. The thing that we have to be I think brands need to really be as transparent as they possibly can. Um ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But transparency doesn't necessarily mean you're doing a good thing. Um, but mm. if, the, if it's, they need to be as transparent as they possibly can be. And I think they also need to offer us as consumers um, enough kind of education and information for us to feel like we know what we're buying into. I think it's a two-way thing. Um, so it needs to come from brands and it needs to come from us as consumers. I do feel encouraged. I do think the industry is going in a good way. I personally would like to see the entire system changed um, mm. because I think it needs to happen. I would like for what what is the fashion industry without the people making our clothes? Like um, they yes. they don't get made if if the fashion if the garment workers aren't supported and aren't a part of that puzzle. I'd like to see them running the show um, and I'd like to see the greedy billionaires out. Yes. 
Yeah, I think that's probably what everybody would like to see. In fact, especially after listening to this podcast, because I was even looking at, um, you know, really high end brands like Gucci now have said that they're just they're going seasonless was the term they use. So they're only going to do two fashion shows a year. I mean, will that something like that is that kind of really have a big impact? I'm really pleased you brought that up, actually. Yeah, I think Gucci Gucci are an incredible uh, Gucci are an incredibly uh, powerful brand. They have so much influence, and they're really, really important in the kind of luxury realm. And I do think, for whatever whether you know their 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 CEO designer, their head designer, um, really implied that it was for environmental reasons. Um, whether it's for environmental reasons or it's for money saving 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 reasons, I still think it's a really positive step in the right direction, uh, and I'm hopeful that it will have a big impact on the rest of the industry because I think things do filter down from the top. Mm. So fingers crossed. Well, it's like trends, isn't it? But you said filtering down from the top, people look at celebrities and social media influencers for, I guess, what they're wearing. They're they're the trendsetters. So, I guess if we see more celebrities using the higher places that you've suggested before you know hiring their clothes um social media influencers talking about their depot pages that would encourage people yeah definitely i mean i i i would actually maybe use this moment to encourage you if you are a social media user to have a really good think about the kind of people that you follow if you do follow fashion influencers particularly because you know i i i should say like i came uh, I did. I used to consume a lot of fast fashion, and I used to feel pressure to be always wearing the latest trends. And the release that I have felt through celebrating what I already have, and I follow, um, I follow fashion bloggers and influencers who make the most of what they already have, who celebrate mm. what they already own, who buy vintage and do all of that good stuff. I felt, I've just felt like I couldn't keep up when I followed people who were constantly showing off their new outfits and I would I have a hashtag which I'd really encourage um people to kind of use if they are Instagram users it's triple OTD which is a kind of um middle finger up to the OOTD outfit of the day hashtag it stands for old outfit of the day and some of there are some really cool people using it now I think yeah I think it's time to kind of um have a slower approach and there is I think there's a lot of joy and beauty to be found in the stories that so many of our clothes have and you know if we have hand-me-downs and that kind of thing you know there's so much to be told in those pieces and I think there's something really beautiful about loving our clothes for longer oh when you said that it brought a little memory of you know an item I've got from my grandma who sadly isn't with us anymore but little things like that that everybody has you're right a little connection to a little story whereas I guess on social media and also a lot of it will just be a gifted item that will be promoted but not really loved and cherished like like you quite rightly said and people need to be careful don't they because they've got to remember at the end of the day the media isn't a reflection of real life a lot of the time exactly yeah exactly definitely so if we move on now I've got lots of questions from people that they wanted to ask you Venetia so I'm going to try and pick out a few for you now now the first one is from Kim and she has said before COVID-19 I was going to lots of events and often wanting new outfits how can I still oh you've kind of answered this already but how can I still have some great dresses but in a way that's better for the planet yeah, I definitely think renting. I think renting is renting's the one for that kind of thing. Um yeah, I would say renting. Yeah. And then I would I, I love to 
I, I think I invested in two vintage dresses, which are kind of really good for um, those kind of events last year. And I know they're going to be the kind of dresses that I'm going to wear for life. Um, I am obsessed with eBay for, for vintage dresses. And then also um, I love a, 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 a shop called Laura Von Baer in East London. Um, she has an amazing selection of vintage dresses. Um and I think there was one other that I'd really recommend. I think, to be honest, I think I think renting is the best bet. Yeah. And supporting at a time like this, small businesses, I suppose, as well. Um, perhaps not just the big high street retailers, because it's a tough time for everybody if we're, look, we're looking at that angle. And Courtney has asked, I've recently become aware that jewellery and gemstones are harming the earth and individuals. I'd love to hear your thoughts, Miss Venetia. Um, what alternatives or ethical brands should I be looking to? Oh, great question. Yes, yeah. you're right. Um, it's it, This is what's kind of unnerving about learning about sustainability. <laughs> you realize that everything, everything <laughs> has an impact. <laughs> yeah, it's it's honestly, it's actually nonstop. It gets to the point where you're just like, ah, system change. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's true. It is true. Um, we, it's. I think it's important to bear this in mind. On the one hand, if you're buying jewelry, ultimately, especially if it's a special piece, I, I would say that it's you're going to have it for a long time which is which is really wonderful and that's what we should be focusing on but yes um it is also important to bear in mind where things like diamonds and gemstones are being sourced from um i don't know if a lot of your listeners are kind of in a place where they're like looking to get married and engaged um well i'm sure a lot of weddings venetia i know five this year have been postponed for next year so i think there's always lots of that going on especially now there'll be a backlog <laughs> exactly exactly so maybe i mean maybe this is the time to think about an ethical uh, engagement ring or wedding ring so um i think vintage is always the best way to go pre-existing is always is always a really really good way to go um there's a really wonderful brand called fenton and co and they source all of their gemstones um sustainably they also specialize in wedding and engagement rings so I really really love them and then there are brands who use uh lab grown diamonds which I think is just such a cool thing it's like lab grown meat but lab grown diamonds so a much much smaller um imprint on the on the planet um brands like Kimai which is K-I-M-A-I brands like Larkin Berry also Sasset S-A-C-E-T and lots of brands are using uh recycled materials recycled metals gold silvers um there's one called Catch Reese which I really love it's another kind of small London Mm. brand there's lots of really really cool um brands using recycled materials Norfolk's is another one I mean there's so many it's also it's almost like harmful knowing about them because then you just want everything (laughs) yeah and as we were saying that I was looking at the hair clip in my hair I was was kind of fiddling with it between my fingers and then I realized oh this is probably not a sustainable hair but I think (laughs) but I also think it's like it's you have we we should also be very but and I know you'll this you'll this will resonate with you so much because you talk about this so much with food. It's really important not to guilt trip ourselves. Yes, you know we're only there's only so much we can do as individuals, and I think if we can kind of focus on investing in pieces that we love and just having a slightly slower, more conscious approach, that's a, just a really really good step. Well, even raising awareness now. I mean, I mean, the last question we've got, like you said, just having a conversation is so important because it will enable small changes to happen as well that are realistic. But Orla, um, she has said, how fast is the process from curation to hitting the stores, which is an interesting one. 
Oh, that is a really, really interesting one. It totally depend, depends on the brand. Mm. Um, fast fashion for uh, can be a matter of days, um, which I find particularly distressing. I, I found that particularly distressing during at the beginning of the pandemic with the NHS T-shirts uh, mm. and the charity T-shirts just because they were being produced so quickly, which was just such a kind of uh, safety scare. Mm. Um, uh, so, yeah, it can be a matter of kind of weeks I, the, I should say those t-shirts were already um they'd already been made so it was just a printing process which is why they were able to to um send them out so quickly uh, with with your kind of general high street fast fashion brands it's a couple of weeks um and then much I would say slower for kind of um slow ethical brands yeah. but it's quick if you think about it if you yeah. think about if how long it would take uh, us as individuals to make a dress from home from scratch gosh takes me back to textiles GCSE which surprisingly I did really well in but now the thought of getting a sewing machine out Venetia I am not skilled in that area at all oh my gosh Re, actually <laughs> you should so get into back into that if you ever find the time but yeah. just just something I wanted to um, tell you about because I know you've got a newborn there is yeah. a really good kind of uh, rental service for baby clothes no yeah it's called bundly which is with a double so like a bundle but bundly uh really really amazing small brand that yeah you can basically rent and send back baby clothes that's incredible because one thing that's so interesting I'm not going to go on a whole rant about baby things I promise but on that subject babies grow faster than anything obviously you're growing you grow the human in you and then they grow super fast outside of you and before you know it within a week or two clothes don't fit anymore and that's the sad reality so I've been handing down or borrowing from friends now um but the waste must be humongous for baby clothing actually so that's an area thank you Venetia for raising because I'm I can imagine that is a huge contributory factor um but I digress. Uh, we are now going to do our fact or fiction round. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. Okay, so if you could answer fact or fiction to the following questions. There is no such thing as a 100% sustainable fabric. Oh. Fact. The more expensive the garment, the more environmentally friendly it is. Fiction! Yes. Nearly 10,000 litres are needed to produce just a single pair of jeans. This is a test. I would say fact. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I- I'm not the expert in this area at all. Uh, fashion made of natural fibres can be composted. Uh, I would say it depends, but generally probably fact this is a tough one average uk household spends 1300 pounds every year on clothing <laughs> fact you can tell we did a lot of research on this one um more than half of the clothes donated to charity shops are incinerated um to be honest most of them uh end up in the global south um, which is so, so harmful and polluting. I'm going to say fact. Oh, it's so sad. Um, secondhand clothing is damaging manufacturing in developing countries. Oh, fiction. Okay, that's nice to know. The fashion industry's carbon emissions are higher than the aviation industry. Fact. That just shocks me. 
That abs that that one just gets me. Uh, vegan leather is eco friendly. Fiction. Ooh, I'm going to interrupt the fact of fiction round. Can you just explain that? Because I think a lot of people think you know veganism, and if you are doing the full circle veganism, and of course incorporating the lifestyle as much as just the food you eat, which is basically what veganism should be anyway. Um, what exactly does that mean? Eco friendly leather for a vegan. They okay. It's again d- totally depends on the item, but a lot of vegan-friendly leathers, uh, shoes, handbags, all of that stuff is made from plastic. So, um, as a someone who is, I'm vegan, um, but I would still prefer not to invest in new vegan leather that's made from plastic. So, I think it is something to be really wary of, just because I'm so in in it for the kind of environmental reasons. I can't mm. believe we we got this far through the podcast without me saying I'm vegan. Am I even vegan if we got this far without me saying that? Um, but there are incredible vegan leathers coming out made from things like um, mushroom. I also have, uh, I just have uh, bought a bag from this incredible company called Tea and Tequila, and it's made from um, cactus. Wow. It honestly is the most buttery, beautiful fake leather in the entire world so yes fiction um it's definitely not all good for the planet and it's something to be wary of fabulous i love how you described it as buttery that was a gorgeous um gorgeous (laughs) description there um and the last question we have the power to change the fashion industry for the better fact yeah i thought that was a brilliant fact or fiction round but that does wrap up the episode um but before we do finish let's touch on veganism just once because i think it is an extremely important topic and as you said people make that choice for ethical reasons perhaps sustainable reasons and i'm always having to state that obviously working in the nutrition world that that is a lifestyle choice that somebody's making and you a vegan necessarily won't know like you quite rightly said that vegan leather is made from plastic it's not always healthier or eco-friendly yeah it's a it's it's a huge it's a huge conversation one that I've thought so much about over the years because I've been vegan for I think five over five years now and um I love it because it works really well for me I love cooking I um love all I love plant-based foods it just really suits me um but for some people it's not right and for some people they can't go all the way for so many different reasons and I think um more vegans need to be kind of greet that with open arms um Mm. there have been times especially at the beginning where I felt so passionately it kind of took over in a little bit uh, in a little way when I first went vegan felt so passionately that everyone should be vegan but actually there is it's such a huge nuanced conversation and topic and it's not right for everyone I think the more plants we can get on our plates the better um if we can consume less animal products great I, I don't I don't I have to say I never kind of talk about it from a health perspective because um I'm not qualified in that area at all um for me it's definitely an ethical one but also something that I really think about more recently is it's more this kind of again it's this kind of system that I don't want to be a part of so my re- main reason for not wanting to kind of in uh, by fast fashion is I don't want to be part of that whole system you know this kind of Mm. quite destructive unethical system and it's and I feel the same way about about 
Vegan, uh, about about the food industry you know this I what was kind of quite upsetting I think was the kind of a lot of the kind of finger pointing at the beginning of the pandemic you know this this could have especially from the man we won't be named who runs that country mm-hmm. um you know pointing yeah. fingers at, and I just found it it was just so I just it didn't sit well with me now I'm not wanting to excuse some of the practices but of of you know various ways of selling and meat and that kind of thing but we have those issues in the UK like we produce we could we put we mass produce animals for our own consumption and I don't want to be a part of that Mm. so it's yeah it's interesting being asked about it because I don't really it's such a part of my life now I don't really I don't find myself talking about it or even thinking about it as much anymore Mm. I'm so kind of um yeah, I don't know. But I love it. It really suits my body. But I don't have any problem with anyone who's not fully vegan. And it's very interesting that that's something that you even bring up to discuss. Because everybody, and I say it on every episode, is unique. And as Venetia quite rightly said, there will be people in a position to adopt certain habits, lifestyle changes. Like we said, if you're in a financial position to shop in certain places, if you if you have a health condition that means you are unable to go completely vegan, there's so many factors involved. And I think to wrap up the episode completely, I would finish with a food for thought. Um, And mine would definitely be that from hearing Venetia speak so passionately, and I'm always so captivated when I hear Venetia speak, because it instills a passion inside me that sometimes I overlook it makes me believe that I can make a difference and we all can small changes really help and I remember when we had um at the food for thought festival at the beginning of this year when Venetia spoke on our panel with professor Mark Maslin about climate change how just enthralled I was with the conversation and and how times can change so what I'm going to say to everybody is that remember social media can be a force for good so that's a tool that you all have the power to utilize from your hands with your mobile phone you can spread good information that Venetia's put out on this episode today and I for one am definitely going to be proudly wearing the same outfits again and again and checking out that new baby site and Venetia? I would really actually agree with what you've said I do think it can be very easy to feel overwhelmed and not know where to start when we're trying to do our bit for the planet and do a bit better but I would really really um suggest just adding up those small changes over time so can you consistently make small positive changes in various aspects of your life whether that's travel whether that's fashion whether that's what's on your plate all of that stuff can you make those changes in in your life incrementally and then can you also um really kind of rally and lobby for this system change that we've been touching on can you write to your mp to talk about things that you're happy, not happy with make sure can you make sure that you vote in elections can you and 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 really kind of hassle for this green new deal um that we so desperately need if we're kind of going to live in a time where we are living more aligned with this beautiful planet and just appreciate that it is absolutely possible for human beings to live in harmony with the planet. We have so many incredible indigenous people all around the world who know how to live in complete harmony with nature. They've been doing it for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. 
how can we learn from them to live in a way that benefits not only ourselves but the planet too beautiful food for thought Venetia um words sum up perfectly what you guys can do as well and if we need to find out more where where can we see more from you Venetia where can everyone head to you can find me on all social media platforms at Venetia Lamanna and you can find my podcast um, on your various players uh, at Talking Taste Buds. Venetia, thank you. It's always such a pleasure to talk with you. If you enjoyed this episode, you're going to absolutely love what's coming next week. So make sure you click subscribe to be the first to hear it. And please do, if you have the time, leave a five-star review. It does help this podcast get out there. We want to be able to reach more people, help more people, and maybe even perhaps reach higher highs in the charts. For more information about my Retrition Clinic books, healthy recipes, events, retreats, and so much more, please visit retrition.com. And you can always follow me at Retrition on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.